Thank you so much, Renee, for joining me today on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. You're my 34th guest. How are you today? I am great. Excited to be guest number 34 and looking forward to this conversation. So I'm glad we can make this happen. Absolutely. And happy new year to you as well. Renee, when you think of relationship building in a team environment, what does relationship building mean to you? Yeah, it means a few different things. Uh, one is just being communicative. You know, it's important for any relationship of any level, especially professionally, to make sure that you're communicating, you're on the same page, you're being transparent, um, but also just having that trust and that faith, you know, working cohesively and being able to collaborate. Um, it's a big part of building not only the relationship itself, but also building that trust in each other as a team. So that team first mentality and being able to work within a group, uh, knowing it's more than just yourself. So whether it's communicating, collaborating, uh, whatever that may look like, just to make sure that you're fostering that relationship professionally and in a, in a really efficient way. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you talk about communication and being communicative because communication is key. It's everything, especially when it comes to relationship building. And, you know, you're an ESPN reporter analyst. You've worked at Fox Sports. You've worked with the WNBA. You're a graduate of LaSalle University, three-time Division I All-American. You're in the LaSalle University Soccer Hall of Fame. You have a master's degree uh, as well from Lehigh University. Talk to me about, you know, from an education standpoint and from a career standpoint, how much relationship building has meant to you in the process of getting your advanced degree as well as working with so many media outlets. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I've, I've worn many different hats. And so for me, my undergrad degree was in public relations with a double minor in Spanish and psychology. My master's degree was in educational leadership. I'm very people oriented, very big on fostering those relationships, understanding how we can navigate through that, because regardless of what you're studying, working in, playing, you know, at the core of it, people, and you have to be able to work with others. And so you know, as an athlete, obviously, it's in a different way as a teammate, you know, as a captain, as a leader, as a professional, it's in a different way, especially working in the media where I'm interacting with people regularly, interviews like this, conversations, coaches, players, administrators. So, you know, for me, just having had an opportunity to, at a young age, understand the value of being able to step into a room and speak, being able to step into a room and have a conversation and network and develop those relationships have literally helped me get to where I am today. So regardless of what you're doing, that's partly why I, I wanted to make sure to minor in like psychology and why educational leadership uh, pulled me in that direction at Lehigh, because at the core of anything you do is exactly that, you know? And so in order to be a better professional, I have to be a better communicator. I have to be better at interacting with people. I have to be a better, um, better able to understand even myself. And what motivates me and what drives me and what drives others. So those types of internal mindset types of concepts are so important in developing those relationships, which help you open doors for yourself and create opportunities. Definitely. And it's great to always keep your professional options open, especially when you get the phenomenal degrees that you've gotten and you've gotten to work with so many interesting, uh, great companies uh, you get to meet a lot of people, you know, colleagues, mentors, and they're able to, you know, give constructive guidance, feedback, what have you. Talk to me about some of the mentors uh, you might have had along your journey thus far and, you know, what are things that you truly value in mentorship and as it relates to relationship building in that process. 
Yeah. I mean, mentorship is a big reason why I've been able to learn how to navigate through these different spaces and not even just mentors, but even the village around me. Family, you know, there's different support systems, my family, and, and they're very, very important in my life. But also I have close friends that are like family, some that work within the industry, some that do not. So having those people around you, they all serve different purposes. So like a mentor is somebody that typically has been in your shoes. And I, I purposely made sure for each of my mentors to have people that represent different aspects of me. So a female mentor, a mentor that is black, a mentor that is older, um, significantly older, maybe one that's closer in age, because they each have different value and perspective as well as insights. So it's people that can now share their own experiences and help me out when I have those questions or want to bounce ideas off of somebody. But then even around me having people, like I mentioned, those friends and the family members that are so close that understand me as a person, you know, beyond just me as the reporter that can now weigh in on things like, oh, you try this idea or your hair this way, or maybe this is why this has happened like this, you know, just giving that insight because they know me personally. So I always stress the importance of definitely get mentors. I mentor others, which is also just as valuable as you know, talking sure. through these concepts and like having to think about them differently is so helpful, you know, being able to explain to someone about the different challenges and stuff. So mentorship works in both ways, where as the mentee and the mentor, you're always able to learn and be better because of it. And it's needed. You cannot do anything by yourself. It, there's just no way. There's plenty of resources. There's plenty of different um, learning and professional development opportunities. But you need to have those, those significant relationships and mentors and friends and allies that can help you out as you're navigating through too. And diversity is so important. And I love how you talk about all the different people in your life you know, whether they come from, you know, different backgrounds of all types and they collectively and singularly uh, offer his or her or their perspectives, if you will. And it's really helpful in the maturation process of an individual such as yourself or even me when I think of all the mentors I've had. And I really like talking about this topic within relationship building because you have relationship building let's say at the top, and then it's an umbrella of all these different elements that fall under relationship building, especially leadership development, mm. leadership. And, you know, when you think about your work at ESPN and the time that you've been there thus far, what are some of the exciting projects you've worked on or some of the important aspects of your job that really puts relationship building at the forefront? Well, I mean, everything I do as an analyst and a sideline reporter um, is based on relationships. You know, when I have to talk to a coach after they lost and they're in the middle of a losing streak, if I don't have that relationship, it changes how they are answering questions or if they even want to talk to me, you know, because I have had that happen too, where some coaches are like, I don't want to be bothered right now. Respectfully, don't want to do it. So when you take time to foster those relationships, now when you have those coaches calls or um and then specifically around the game pre-game halftime post-game anything like I am always moving always grabbing people hey can I just grab you real quick just one of your thoughts in the first half you know whatever it is um on or off camera because a lot of it is off camera that the relationships help build because that helps with now what I'm broadcasting on camera so I am I'm constantly in the position where I'm just making sure to to get to know the people that I'm working with. And it's not even just people I'm interviewing. It's also producers, camera people, lighting, you know, SIDs, since I work in college sports for ESPN, 
you know, the different college specific professionals at the respective university I'm at, those types of uh, professionals are just as vital to know because now when I need to grab a player and I can go grab the SID who can help make that happen, or I want to schedule a, a Zoom meeting or whatever it is, I need to know who to contact. So um, again, that's why I always stress, like you need to be in this, in any industry, but especially in this industry, open to getting to know people. It's not enough to just walk into a gym and put your head down and just focus on what I'm saying on camera. I make sure to say hi to everybody. I've had people that have talked to me and I'm like, I don't remember your name. I might remember your face. I'm actually very good with names. So typically I remember names um, <laughs> and I remember your name, but I even know the parking, the people that are helping with parking. So now as I'm driving up and I see the parking attendant, it's like, hey, Rob, and you know, or hey, T.I., whoever they're, whoever it is working that day. Um, and they know me because it just, it's, it's helpful on so many levels to help you do your job better. But even just from a stance and as you're working through these different spaces, having friendly faces in those spaces is so helpful. So now it's it's nighttime, I'm looking to get to my car and I know the parking attendant, I'm more comfortable, you know, as I'm walking through the parking lot. Like little things that go a long way of your safety, your overall comfort, which helps you do your job better because you don't have to worry about some of those nuances. So I, on many occasions, um, and I just had a game the other day and I'm, I can think back, like I easily spoke to dozens of people in some capacity and not just on air. So it's so necessary to take time and just say hi to people, get to know people, ask their names, say happy new year. You know, those little things just go such a long way individually, but also that now your persona is like, that's an approachable kind person. And I want to help them. I want to work with them. I want to, you know, do whatever I can speak to them, interview with them, whatever that may look like. And what you're saying, I mean, definitely resonates with me. I mean, especially I used to work at ESPN and I was a studio production assistant for the ABC College Football Live crew on Saturdays. And I got to work with you know, Jesse Palmer, the late John Saunders, Scott Van Pelt, John Anderson, Lou Holtz, Mark May. Lou Holtz was my first guest on my podcast. And, you know, it just brings back fond memories. And then during the week, I would edit highlights for ESPN's Baseball Tonight and Sports Center and all the specialty shows throughout the weeks. And I just, it brings me back to, you know, great memories and thinking about all the people who I got to work with and who I still stay in touch with. And it was, you know, great moments in my professional career. Uh, when you think about what you're talking about, and I can definitely relate because it's all about being approachable. It's all about being relatable, mm -hmm. and accessible, and everybody has a role. And that role is so vital and so important. One role is not more important than another role, no matter if it's in front of the camera or behind the camera, whether it's in operations or production, or you talk about parking attendants and, you know, people who are in like the ticket office, right? It's really a village and it takes a village to make the day work well and go smoothly. So are there specific people, um, you know, and you mentioned some names uh, who you work with at ESPN who really have taken you under their wing, his or her under their wing, and have really helped to mentor you. And uh, I would love to hear more. Yeah, and I, I love what you shared about uh, the fact that you still have had the chance to work with those people in a different capacity, having them on your show, keeping in touch, because that's a big part of this too that many people don't realize is valuable. It's not just about in that moment, in this job, I'm working with someone, so I need to get to know them. But the sports world is so small. 
you know, the, every, you know, it's, it's crazy how much somebody knows somebody else that six degrees of separation, or even just, I know a lot of uh, freelancers like myself that are working different roles and different gigs. I see them other places. So now when I'm showing up to a game, again, it's a friendly face. It's somebody you recognize. It's a friend versus like you showing up and you're going on air and you don't know anybody that's working around you. And the difference is on air, your name, your face is the one that people are seeing. So it is so vital that you know the people around you to, to be able to make the little adjustments. Hey, stand this way, adjust this way, fix your collar this way, like whatever it is to make you look good and sound good. So sometimes you hear unfortunate people that get kind of like stuck up and snooty because they're on air. If anything, it's the opposite. I'm more appreciative of you because you're going to make me look good and sound good. We're going to work together. You're going to help me out. You're going to, you might hold my mic while I go grab somebody to interview, whatever it is, but it's a teamwork concept versus like, you're the help. No, we're all working together. We all play a vital role. So I can't think of just one name. Um, you know, I've definitely, for me, it's unique because I'm not working in just like LA or just, I'm not working in LA or sports center at all, actually. I'm working within college sports at local universities. So for me, it's even more important since every day is somebody different. Depending on the sport I'm covering, since I cover every sport on the men's women's side, depending on who's playing, I'm seeing different people. And even down to, as you know, the value of the production is different, like how the production is being rolled out, how they're operating. So because of that, that communication piece is even more important because it's not that no two days are the same. So right. I have to be ready for whatever is being thrown my way. And so having those people around me, I would say to me, the biggest one are the producers and behind the scenes people. Like they're, they're the ones that, you know, I know all the play-by-play -play and other analysts and other sideline reporters too, but it's, it's the producers. It's the ones that are in my ear. It's the ones that are cueing me. It's the ones that are adjusting things to make sure that we can have a smooth broadcast for sure. Definitely. And whether you're remote or in studio, I mean, there are a lot of interaction and everybody is communicating with one another and it's a team and it's exciting when, you know, having worked at ESPN, I remember in Bristol when producers said to us as production assistants, once you've worked at ESPN, you never look at an ESPN broadcast the same again, because prior to ESPN, when I used to watch ESPN broadcast, you didn't really like think to a certain degree or, or level of what it takes to get a show or get a program up and running. Now, granted, I was a journalism major at UNC Chapel Hill, and I was a news reporter for my college television station, Carolina Week. And I'm sure when you were at LaSalle, you got involved in your program too. And But it's different, right? When you actually get to work in a network and see what happens behind the scenes or even in front of the camera, then you never look at a broadcast the same way again, because you know that there are so many different roles that have to be executed so well to get a show successful. And so when you think about your time at ESPN and you used to work at Fox Sports, WNBA, and, and all these other different outlets, uh, is that something that you have thought about too, that now that you're in it, it's like, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, I kind of knew what was going on, but really, to be honest with you, I did it because now I get to live it and now I get to experience what now everybody else is talking about. I will never watch sports the same. And not even just sports. I will never watch 
anything on TV the same. Um, it is it is remarkable how much chaos happens behind the scenes that you never know about. And now being on the other side, and I even will take it a step further. Like even now, I'll hear in my ear, obviously everything that's going on in the truck and everything that producers are saying. And I'm like, holy smokes, there's so much going on. Like there's a lot, or I'll just see people running around. Um, I've been a part of the run around too. Like <laughs> I fully, fully, fully now understand that what we see as the broadcast, there might be one minor glitch here and there, like something minor might go wrong, but there are so many things behind the scenes that are happening. So not only just from like an ESPN specific component, but anything on TV, I'm like, oh, I know who's queuing that person. I understand this, but like, I, I, yeah, I'm probably like completely scarred in that sense um, <laughs> where now Anytime I watch TV, I'm like over in a little, I just shut that off. Like I'm not working right now. It's not my problem <laughs> because I empathize and understand the other side of it. All that it takes to put together a broadcast, all that it takes. And I've worked in leagues. I've worked with teams. So not only do I see it from the stance of the broadcast, I see it from the stance of what the league is doing. Oh, I remember being in those conversations around the plans around the draft and the plans around, you know, how we're going to um, introduce the, you know, the top rookie uh, top rookies, whatever it is, like being in those conversations just gives you so much perspective, which I love because now it helps me out in my job. But when I'm watching and I'm not working, so to speak, and I'm off the clock watching, it's hard to like step away from that work mode because like you said, you see it, you live it, you understand it. I'm like, oh, am I, I'm like triggered. Look at, I'm like in my head, I hear them counting me down. Um, but yeah, it's, it definitely changes how you watch TV. And I find myself like, being that person around family and friends like oh yeah this is what this person's doing and hey you see that right there that's a a, a graphic that so-and-so probably put together like yeah it, it definitely is completely different now <laughs> uh, yeah of course and you know when you think about your trajectory you know of your career you know where would you like to be you know in a year from now three years from now five years from now when you think about relationship building and how much it means so much to you personally and professionally. And when you think about all the relationships that you have cultivated in your time in sports broadcast, uh, journalism, media, what have you, where is your next stop? You think within ESPN, perhaps, is it a different you know, department or is it different where you want to be like more centrally located in a certain spot? I know that you said you're freelance. So you know, what are your thoughts on where you'd like to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the big terms I've been coining for 2023 is just more consistency. And it's it's crazy because if you hear that, you think, how much more consistent can I get? I do anywhere from four to six or seven games a week. Sure. So that's consistent. Um, but I, I love to have more consistency in that it's easier to just follow along, access, you know, what I'm talking about. Like I said, I cover every single sport. Right. If this winter alone, and there's a week where I might cover swimming and diving and then men's basketball and the women's basketball and then wrestling and gymnastics and all these different sports, um, which I enjoy. And I appreciate the the value that each of those bring and the that diversity from that and versatility I've learned through that. But I'd love to be more consistent where I'm more in the conversation. Uh, right now, it's a lot of sideline reporting and work as an analyst. So in the next year, something that I'm actively striving to do is to get more in shows. You know, I've, I've had a podcast. I'm actually bringing it back. Um, but I've had- Congratulations. Shows. 
you. Thank you. I'll have to get you on for sure. I've had shows and podcasts, but I want to be able to climb in terms of the reach, the audience that, you know, within the network, everybody always says, oh, you work with ESPN. I'm like, I'm not complacent. What I'm doing now is not the end goal. I'd love to be mainstream out of the big studios of LA or Bristol, Connecticut, whichever network that is with, maybe it's not with ESPN. So the goal is more consistent airtime, being a part of the conversations, uh, hosting or as an anchor, I should say, and um, being able to talk sports in in even a more in-depth way than what I'm just doing right now. So just continuing to grow. (laughs) I think that is a great answer. I mean, you gave a group of great answers. It's it's true. I mean, that's what's wonderful about this industry is that you can go in so many different directions. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me, you know, with respect to like where you are, you know, that you're looking for something different because here you are being in freelance and in a freelance capacity rather. And it makes all the sense in the world that, you know, getting a part or being a part of a conversation that is more so maybe in a studio or maybe having one-on-one interviews with coaches or players and, you know, really taking your, you know, analyst type of mindset to a whole nother level, which is pretty exciting. When you think about you being a soccer player at LaSalle and you were recognized in the Hall of Fame, as I mentioned early on in the podcast, uh, our interview that, you know, a three-time Division I All-American, which is great, great honors, do you lean more toward soccer, you know, in terms of covering it more at ESPN, or are there other sports uh, that you could see yourself focusing more on a consistent uh, basis? Yeah, I always say my big three for sports are definitely soccer, basketball, and football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I grew up in a sports family where everybody played sports. You know, the main sport in my family was basketball. My dad played professionally overseas. My mom played in college. My my siblings, everybody played soccer, basketball, ran track. I just was much better at soccer than basketball. Okay. Um, so that's why I ended up going that direction when it came time to, to pick a school and pick a, a sport to play because I also was getting recruited for, for basketball as well. Um, so I grew up going to games. I grew up going to Sixers games. I was going to New York Liberty games. I was watching the Mystics and Tamika Holtzclaw. I was, I was watching all things WNBA, NBA, um, wanted to be a WNBA player. Like basketball was the sport that was the love in my house. Soccer was something new. I mean, and, and honestly, soccer is a sport there's not a lot of diversity in. So it's no surprise to me that I'm like the first generation soccer player in my family. Now I have younger cousins uh, that play soccer, but prior to me, my sisters and I were the first ones, you know, our parents got us involved in every single sport and soccer stuck. Uh, so definitely enjoy talking soccer and basketball. And then I love football too. Again, same thing growing up. I have always had football games on basketball games on soccer games on, but we'll see. You know, I always, the biggest, the biggest reason why I would choose one over the other is I enjoy the fact that basketball being indoor as a female, it's, it's controlled. Soccer, football, you don't know what you're going to get. And when I was playing, loved it because you're running around, you don't have to worry about it. But now having to be on camera, having to have your hair nice, your outfit nice, it could be snowing, it could be scorching hot, it could be raining, or it could be all that in the course of like a game. You just have no idea. So I do enjoy, I always say, but this is the only separation for me, 
basketball is the front runner because when I'm in a gym, you're in the the this arena, you know it's gonna probably be cooler. There's gonna be a little draft to have the AC higher. You bring a jacket or a blazer and you're good to go. You don't have to worry about the extras of like nature and weather um but in all seriousness any of those big three or even a combination of two is the goal for me ultimately yes that's so cool you know my top three are basketball you know football baseball Mm. Uh, basketball growing up I remember you know watching WNBA as well grew up watching the NBA you know 90s and early 2000s basketball and you know I'm blessed and fortunate to say that I've met my idol basketball idol Michael Jordan and picture of me and him is above my right shoulder uh on your screen and I do see it yep I see (laughs) (laughs) and it's so cool that you like basketball too and that's like your front runner even though that you were it sounds like the best soccer player in your family uh but that you have a love for basketball too and you know being in a gym and even getting to you know play uh, consistently, that's one of my goals that I want to do in 2023, you know, getting more time in the gym. I played in high school. I, I love being a fan of the game, and I really love the, you know, camaraderie within basketball. And you see it in football. You definitely see it in baseball, too. When you think of your family and how much they mean to you, and you, and you mentioned them, and you said your father played basketball overseas, and, you know, you have siblings and cousins, and you know, I'm sure your mom, influential person in your life, you know, just talk to me about your different family members and what they have meant to you from a relationship building standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because a lot of people always ask like how I got into reporting and obviously it, as an athlete, I funneled in, but it's deeper than that because sports have been my life. You know, that is when I think back to my childhood memories, growing up in a gym, growing up racing from practice to practice from the soccer field to the basketball court you know my two older sisters are twins and they're three years older so we're close enough in age where we were able to play together we were always playing in the yard playing in the house playing anywhere we could play I would jump into their practices that's why I was so good at soccer you know I was always playing with my sisters uh with their teams I'd play with them with boys with neighbors with friends whoever I could wherever I could play I was just always playing but my childhood was very much that you know we would like I said go to games we'd go see whether it's the the Sixers the Philadelphia Charge the Kicks you know you name it we were out at games we were watching so I have so many fond um family memories and bonding moments going to tournaments and and just sitting around talking sports it was always on the tv um if we weren't if we weren't playing we were watching you know so uh for me that's what helped influence me to be able to not only pursue it as an athlete and go as far as I did but also knowing that I was looking to make that change of who am I outside of being Renee the athlete and I coached college soccer I coached youth soccer as well in the past um and it was time to make that decision of what does my career look like sure it comes natural to me and sports come natural to me. And they're two things I'm very passionate about. Um, and so for me, it was like, okay, what does that look like in a role to be able to talk sports on a regular basis? And it's something that this industry is not easy. There's there's not a lot of, um, as you climb, the opportunities actually get tougher, as you know. But because I've been fortunate to have such a supportive, encouraging, influential family around me, it's made the journey a lot a lot more manageable. Um, but they have always paved the way for me in, in many ways and inspired me and just helped me to keep going. And now as an aunt, 
um, since I don't have children of my own yet, God willing. But um, as an aunt, now I have a niece and nephew and my nephew's like, oh, there's auntie today. And I want to to be a reporter because my aunt is a reporter. So now I'm able to inspire and pave the way for my young niece and nephew, for my younger cousins that are also, you know, interested in being athletes at the professional level like I was. So sports are everything. And that's why it's, it's a no brainer, even though these there are days that are terrible in this industry. There are days that I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? But at the core of it, it's because this is this is who I am. Sports and myself, you know, it's it's like eat, breathe, sleep, sports. <laughs> like that's that's how important it is. So those relationships help keep me motivated to keep going and to want to continue to raise the bar. Yeah, that's very special and that you are a positive influence and you know, especially for younger family members you have and no, congratulations on being an aunt. My my wife and I, we just had our first child, two months old today. He is, and you know, her siblings are happy to be aunts and uncles, and my sister's happy to be an aunt. And you know, her grand well, my parents are becoming grandparents for a second time, her parents are becoming grandparents for a first time. So it's all exciting. So hopefully oh, you have the opportunity to, you know, one day, you know, have children of your own. Uh, because it's definitely when you become a parent. And they always talk about this, you know, adults are just your, your family. When It's different when you have your own child because you look at the world so differently and you look at the world through their eyes. And, uh, you know, you want to be the best relationship builder you can be, right? Mm-hmm. Building a relationship with your family members and being a great role model, great friend, great parent. So it's exciting that relationship building expands just beyond your professional career. It also permeates throughout your personal life as well. It does. It does. And again, congratulations to you on becoming a father and your little one. And as you are experiencing, and it, it's remarkable to see the world through their eyes and to see sports through their eyes is even that much more incredible. You know, I've had conversations with my five-year-old nephew and he's like trying to understand how girls play sports and boys play sports, but sometimes they're playing at the same team and sometimes. And so even being able to share, no girls and boys can play sports. And there are teams where girls play, you know, just girls or just boys. And sometimes it's co-ed and um, being able to explain that. And also a step further, I am fully the hands-on aunt. Like I'm holding my niece. She's just learning to walk now. We're kicking a soccer ball. Play. It's two on one. You know, we're teammates going against my nephew and we're we're playing soccer. Like these are the things that make it so much more special when you do have those hard, long days, because you understand when I pop up on screen, obviously I'm influencing my niece and nephew, but I've had others that have reached out other people and said, thank you. You know, my child was so excited to see a black woman on screen or to see you or knowing that you played soccer, you know, you've inspired them in some way. So sports are so much bigger, you know, and and we obviously have reminders of that in more ways than one as of recent with the awful, awful incident Monday night with Damar Hamlin. But we have moments that remind us just how, special sports can be and how much it transcends across so many different, you know, demographics and age and race and everything else to bring people together. So I see it firsthand of the value of how it's helped my family and is still helping my family that now I get to be um, paying it forward to the next generation. But that's what I love about it. You know, it's, it's about more than just the results. It's about more than just wins and losses or anything like that, even though I love winning. Um, but it does allow you to have those special moments that you really can can look back on in a positive way. Definitely. And you got to take the positives and 
take them with the negatives too, but always negatives, as Michael Jordan said, can be turned into positives. And that's so true. And you mentioned about Jamar Hamlin and what occurred in Monday Night Football. And that was a unique view of relationship building mm. in the sense of you saw all of his teammates and the emotion and what the brotherhood in the NFL means, not just with the Buffalo Bills, not just with the Cincinnati Bengals, but what the brotherhood of the NFL is as a whole and the support system and being there for your fellow teammates. And when they were kneeling and when you saw all that emotion, I mean, that emotion speaks volumes. I mean, they truly, truly, truly forgot that they were football players and they thought of themselves in that in those moments as human beings and being able to do whatever they can to be there for their teammate uh, as he was, you know, attended to by, you know, medical trainers and staff. And then now he's still in critical condition. I really, really pray for a full and speedy recovery for him. I hope that he's okay and God heals him and his family during these very difficult times. Um, but when you think about just from a relationship building standpoint, the fact that all these players, you know, really they've become stronger human beings because of this process. And I wish it didn't take such an awful tragedy to occur for what we saw thereafter. But you look at what you could learn from a situation like that where you got to look at the positives and, you know, hopefully he pulls through and then you're going to see all his teammates, you know, really look at their relationship with him differently, as well as looking at the game of football differently. And I was very impressed with how ESPN, my former employer, your current employer, was really on Monday Night Football, you know, you had Susie Colbert, you had Adam Schefter, you had Anthony McFarland. Uh, Booger McFarland, you know, they were really doing, you know, off the cuff. They were really trying to, you know, figure out how do we, you know, fill this airtime. And they did it in such a genuine manner and really, you know, just echoed and re-echoed those sentiments of got to think of it outside of football. You know, is he okay as a human being? Will everything be okay? You know, they showed their concern and they showed their compassion and they really handled it very um, delicately and professionally, and as they should, being an ESPN analyst reporter, were there or have there been things that you've heard since Monday about, you know, what's occurring uh, with that situation, how ESPN is looking to handle uh, future coverage on that? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, as you talk about the the incident and just all that we saw happen around it, it is a reminder and just shows the value of relationships. And unfortunately, it's often the worst times and tragedies that you fully see on display how much of the relationships mean to somebody else, you know, and, and you hate to have that be what brings everybody together, but it does. And so for, you know, for the for this for this incident, it's not just about it is about tomorrow, but it's not just his family's suffering. You know, like you think about how much value it adds that others are able to be supporting them in that sense. You know, they're not off in the hospital by themselves. You have Stefan Diggs went. I know T. Higgins also was there. I don't know. I, I think he finally left the hospital, but last I checked, he was sitting in the hospital too. You know, 
to have that community that's now supporting his family, that's supporting Damar, is what makes it that much more important to build those relationships because you're not on an island. You're not dealing with this by yourself. And so when you have that, that village that can now pour into you and show you you're not alone, we're here for you. You know, we might not be doctors, we might not be able to help medically, but we're going to help with support and love and praying. And then even donations that we've seen, the, the through the roof donations for his foundations of everybody from celebrities to the ordinary person, everybody wants to find a way to show their support. So I haven't heard anything specific about what ESPN is doing. I didn't appreciate, I did appreciate the way that they handled Monday night's coverage. And I know there was some backlash from people of why are you talking about it so much, but this is what the news does. It's it's our job as media, as news, to talk about breaking news as it's happening. You see that all the time from shootings to death to um, tragedies, whatever's happening, injuries, you see the news at the forefront of it. And it's not an easy thing to do, but they handled it very well of providing some insight into what's going on as much as we could because even to this day on Wednesday, we still don't fully know enough. There's still a lot that we're going to be finding out in the upcoming weeks. It's not even going to happen overnight. But did a good job of not only just filling the airtime, but providing some great commentary, um, weighing in on it, and really giving perspective of, around, as we're talking about, the human element. And that's what relationships really are. Relationships are stripping back all the extra titles, layers of finances and jobs and age and everything else that we sometimes get blinded by to at the core, keep in mind that we are human and having somebody around you. And, and I've watched the videos and the clips of it over and over again, because I was actually working during the game, watching how teammates are embracing each other, how different people are coming together in that moment. It doesn't matter anything else about the jersey number on their back, the score, fantasy football, and I tweeted this, none of that matters. In this moment, it's about people. It's about a human life. It's about a 24-year-old fighting for his life. And so just to see the, the outpouring of support and love, the coverage of it, um, there have been, unfortunately, some comments that I don't agree with, not just not within ESPN, but just in general, but that's social media, unfortunately. People have a platform to voice their opinions good, bad, or in between, but overall to see the positivity behind it, um, it's it's special. And I agree. I'm just praying that he's okay. I'm praying that, you know, I know he's been sedated and they've been, um, you know, doing all they can. They did have some positive, encouraging news coming into today that he has been progressing in a really good way, um, but it's going to take time. And I actually talked about it earlier on a lacrosse show that I do around um, this is not a singular incident. This happens more often than we know. And so part of relationship building is also you get insight into things. You know, if I'm quietly dealing with, with something and nobody else has any idea, you don't know what's going on. But through those relationships, we're actually also able to unveil and uncover ways to help make things better, you know, talking through them. And I, I think the mental health um, the way that we now handle mental health is a great example. Right. You know, we are more comfortable having these uncomfortable conversations and bringing things to the forefront, whether it's going into cardiac arrest on the field, mental health struggles, whatever that may be, we're talking about it. That's even the power of relationships that we're comfortable being vulnerable and having these conversations, which means now we can be more active in helping to advocate and change these situations. So I, I know I've also been trying to like, Hey, this is this is awful. This is a tragedy. But there are other there are many other families and and players that have had this experience as well. And we don't know about it because they weren't on Monday Night Football. 
they weren't on prime time and they were in a youth lacrosse game or youth baseball game where it happened. How do we make this better? So that is also the power of relationships, advocacy, support, and making change happen too. You know, definitely. You bring up a lot of great and interesting points. And again, I want to, you know, ex extend my heartfelt, you know, condolences and sympathies toward anyone who's ever tragically had to go and deal with ordeals like this, where incidents or you know, deaths have occurred in sports and families having to go through those tragic moments and mm -hmm. you know, having to deal with those and they're not covered and they should be covered. And again, praying for DeMar that he pulls through and that he you know, recovers and that he has the support of his family and teammates and doctors and coaches. And he's going to, I'm praying, get through this and have a speedy full recovery. And he's going to come back stronger than ever and i pray that you know he pulls through and to your point about that there are similar things that are happening that are not being covered and you know it's interesting because for people like you and me who have media and journalism backgrounds you know we have and i use the word appreciation in this sense we have an appreciation for these events being covered because we want to be in a position to report. We want to be in a position to inform, you know, audiences, you know, to bring awareness, to bring awareness outside a vacuum, if you will, or outside your everyday sphere of relationships or your day to day. And it's important to have these conversations and social media is a great tool to do that. I wish there was more monitoring of social media, although obviously I'm pro First Amendment. I think we all are as journalists. But anytime somebody is disrespectful or insensitive on social media, there's no place for that. You know, there is no place for ignorance. Unfortunately, you know, I'm not in a position or you're not in a position to be the police of social media. And that's not our jobs as journalists in our profession. But we can definitely, you know, call out or speak to if we feel like something is wrong or something is not being covered, you know, where it should be covered objectively rather than subjectively. And it's great to be subjective. And that's what's great about journalism. When you're interviewing people, you have their opinions, they're being subjective, but there's a time and place to be subjective. It's also very important to be a listener, a great listener too. And so listening to you know, what's going on and getting the up-to-date information and to be able to make an informed decision before speaking about a certain topic. Mm -hmm. How this has been covered. I think that, again, ESPN has done a great job. And I think that people, it's so important. And I talk about relationship building being the sustainability or being sustainable or allowing for the sustainability and the evolution of humanity. Because without relationship building, you know, us or all of us as human beings, you know, how could we exist or how could we advance? How could we survive? How could we, you know, be better people tomorrow than we were today? And so I love that media and journalism really allows people to collectively put their thoughts together and speak, you know, so eloquently, eloquently or highly about, you know, what is going on in the world because you need people in those positions 
to be able to be informative and really shape the viewpoints and mindsets of the news cycle and to encourage people and to be more comfortable about speaking their mind and sharing their feelings and their thoughts and helping even the journalism world or helping our profession even become better. And I think it takes Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, relationships, what helps, what they help with is access, you know, being able to pick up the phone and call somebody and talk through, you know, invent about something. Um, through that conversation, you might get access to resources. You might get access to even just support, you know, you cannot, and I said this earlier, you cannot do anything in this world fully by yourself. You need people around you. It does take a village. And so when you talk about that value of like relationships and that community aspect and just having those support systems in place, it does help you with access. It does help you with confidence. It does help you with working through tragedies. Again, if this situation is something that Damar and his family are dealing with by themselves versus having the whole world. I mean, you've seen so many different people coming forward, speaking up in their support that they're praying for, for him. They're praying for this family. You know, that goes such a long way and you don't have to suffer alone. But on the other side of it does come the fact that there are trolls and people that like to sit behind the computer screen and their bot accounts and bad talk things. But I do think that through social media, through even just technology in general, it's helped foster these relationships that some of my best friends live miles away. You know, and we talk regularly and I, I can't just hop in the car and drive to see them. It's a flight or, you know, whatever. Um, but that's the beauty of relationships. You can have people that you can connect with that can help you work through those challenges and even the good times too. You want to call and you want to be excited about something. You want to talk about the two months with your little one, you know, whatever that may look like. You have the opportunity to do that. But especially in this industry, it is so important to take time to make sure you're fostering those relationships in a healthy way. So that way for fact checking, for just checking in on things, to have that mentorship and those allies and you know, just the people in place to support you goes such a long way. And you explain things, you know, so well, you know, just even interviewing with you, you explain things in a very anecdotal or in a narrative type. And I and I like talking to people who really provide examples and give a lot of interesting insights. And I mean, you majored or your master's degree at Lehigh University is education. So I can definitely see the teaching type of you know, approach that you have in terms of how you communicate. So would love for you to you know, share some of that wisdom that from an education standpoint, uh, that you've definitely mastered not only in education, but, you know, your style of being able to report on something or explain something. Because like I said, I definitely see that education aspect. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that. I, I do uh, a good amount of like motivational speaking and just am very in touch with the the value of using my platform to help inspire others. I'm actively working to get my first book published. I do have it done, um, but writing is big. It's something I'm very big into, but I do and have always felt like sports provide that platform. You know, you get people's attention through sports and then you can use it to be able to teach lessons. You know, I learned a lot about life through sports. I learned a lot about myself through sports. And so to be able to use those in the same way um, is, is valuable. And something that I 
I have learned is that there are different types of media personalities. You know, you might have somebody that's more about clickbait. They're just saying stuff just because they want to get a rise out of people. You might have somebody else that's more about the human interest side. Um, somebody else that's more into the the analytics and the X's and O's. And for me, it's it's a combination of, you know, I love analysis. I love breaking things down. I love talking about sports. But I also love being able to use that in a way to share stories, you know, similar to what you're doing, of being able to bring some of these stories to the forefront and these conversations to the forefront that need to happen. Because for every great trending topic, there's also a great topic we're not talking about, you know, a great story that's kind of going unnoticed. And so I've also been very big on using my platform for that. I think it's influenced because I did play a sport like soccer that doesn't get the same coverage as a major sport, especially as a female soccer player, doesn't get the same coverage as like football or, or men's basketball. And so I've seen how there are some really great athletes and coaches and stories that we do not talk about enough. And through that, not only are you able to get that encouragement and that excitement of their journey and their success, but you also learn something through that. So that's a big part of what has um, influenced me. And it is funny because everybody always talks about like how you use your degrees. And I always say I'm using my degrees and my minors just in some very unique ways. It doesn't look like what traditionally an educational leadership or a public relations degree would look like, but it looks like what works for me. And it works for me in my career. So um, I just think that everybody learns best through examples and through like being able to empathize in a way that like, if I'm just throwing information at you, is finding a way to relate it to what you've gone through or who you are, it's going to resonate a lot more. And so that's my personality as a on-air uh, figure to be able to find ways to use different stories to connect the dots. Definitely well said, and that's really exciting how, again, you use that educational piece to how you explain things and you, using examples, and it's so important, you know, that everybody, he or she develops his or her own style, and really incorporating all of the education that you've gotten, you know, through your majors and minors, and then real-world experience, and I really like how you want to write a book and that's your plan. That's my plan too. I want to write a book on relationship building and team environment and base it on this podcast. And I'd like to, you know, utilize our interview as one of the chapters or feature, you know, our interview in one of the chapters of the book uh, that I want to write on relationship building and team environment. So definitely we'll keep you posted on that. Um, you know, before we depart from our interview, any final thoughts on relationship building for our audience and you know, is there one particular challenge or obstacle that you have faced in your career that you utilized relationship building to solve that problem and, you know, overcome that obstacle? Anything that our audience could uh, take from our interview with respect to relationship building before we depart? Yeah, um, you know, without relationship building, I, I'm not, I am not in this position. Uh, whether it's through networking, learning, collaborating, or even my relationship with God, my relationship with myself, you know, relationship building, I think we can even take this step further. And I know we're in the final minute. So I hate to bring in some new information and thoughts, but relationship okay. you talk about your faith too. Yes, relationship building is so much deeper than just peer to peer, or mentors, or supervisors and colleagues, you know, you need to have a relationship with yourself, you need to know who you are. 
and at the core, understand your identity, what aligns with you, what motivates you, what are you passionate about? And as you're able to have a better sense of self, it allows you to now navigate through and find your own path. You know, you can't live in this world trying to be somebody else, trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and like comparing yourself to others, because at some point it's going to catch up to you if it's not authentic, if it's not organic. You know, you if you have a genuine love for something and that's your motivation versus you're doing it for shallow reasons, at some point that's going to burn out and you're not going to have that same drive. And now when you have those challenges you're faced with, it's changing how you're how you are um, responding to them. But then also, as I mentioned, your relationship with God, having faith. And I'm not preaching to people to, to believe in God, whatever that looks like for you. Um, you need to be able to tap into each of those relationships that are important to you. So for me, my important relationships are my family, myself, God, my career, not in that order at all. Um, but for somebody else, it might look different. So as you're climbing the ladder, everybody can't come with you. There are going to be people that they're only there for a season. You might not, you might've outgrown them in some way. And that's a tough thing of knowing when to let go. When is somebody no longer helping you? When are they adding stress versus adding peace and comfort? And so as you're climbing and you're letting go of people, you're meeting new people, you're bringing new people into your life. You're learning more about somebody else. You're deepening a relationship with somebody else. And that happens on so many different levels, spiritually, financially, socially, professionally. Um, but it is important that you do have somebody as you're climbing, you know, and then also through that, you're learning more about yourself. It's it's, it's validation to have people that are encouraging you. But the biggest relationship that provides validation is for me, my spiritual one and my relationship with myself, you know, being able to look myself in the mirror and know at the end of the day, I'm doing what I love. I'm doing something positive. I'm doing something that aligns with me. You know, even if I have an off day, doesn't matter. Tomorrow will be better. So taking time to build those, whether it's through self-care, through brunches with your friends, through reading the, the word, whatever that may look like, you have to continue to foster those relationships, no matter how big you are, no matter what you're going through. You know, sometimes we may lose some of those relationships and you find yourself a little more distant from people and you're not checking in as often with yourself or with your friends or with God. But you have to make sure that you're always finding and making time for that. Because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna find yourself climbing a ladder and getting tired with nobody to help push you up and help lift you up. So I always encourage people, you've gotta find ways to organically, and it's not with the sense of I need something from you or looking for a handout. It's I genuinely care about you. You're a great person, and I'm gonna keep in touch with you in some capacity. I'm gonna get to know you. So build those relationships as you build your your career and your life. And I love the way that you concluded that. And that was a great response. And I say that because you really, for our audience, as an example, you know, in your personal and professional lives, that you're able to draw upon so many different elements, you know, whether your faith, your family, your colleagues, the organization you work for, your friends, everybody plays a very important special role and it all is symbiotic and it's so important as human beings to know everybody and their roles matter not only in your life but your roles matter in their lives and everybody has to work together and you know lift people up and help people get through the challenging times and 
help celebrate with them during the great times. And, you know, some days are going to be great and some days are going to be not so great, right? I mean, just to put it in the most simple terms. Uh, but I really have enjoyed this interview, Renee, and it's so great that we were able to connect and, you know, we're part of the ESPN community forever. And it definitely has allowed me not only to interview you, but to interview other people who have worked at ESPN. And I look forward to, you know, getting our interview on all the major podcast platforms and to get the message out about our interview. And it was a very exciting and special one. Thank you again for being my guest on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. Thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me on as guest number 34. I'm definitely excited to continue to see how your show evolves and the work that you're doing it continues to evolve with your book and everything. So best of luck to you as well. And I uh, appreciate you taking time for us to have this conversation on a topic that sometimes doesn't get talked about enough, you know, it gets kind of overlooked. So it's definitely something that we can continue to build on and grow even within our own respective careers. And I uh, hope that those that listened and tuned in learned something from this. Yes, absolutely. And I hope that they were inspired by it. I look forward to having more conversations with you with respect to relationship building. And I hope that the feedback I get from my audience uh, will be great. And I'm sure it will be. Thank you again, Renee. I really appreciate it.